right. Anything, uh, anything else? Oh, we do have, uh, Mr. Nelson, if you could make the record. Now, I will note that you made these objections before uh, Lieutenant Zimmerman, Zimmerman's uh, testimony, and we said you could preserve it with an objection on the record later. Certainly, Your Honor. Uh, yes, Your Honor, just for the record, uh, last Thursday we had a hearing with Sergeant Pfluger outside of the presence of the jury for an offer of proof to note an objection as to uh, Sergeant Pfluger's assessment of the use of force in this particular case. Uh, I made those Friday morning in chambers during a chambers discussion. I made those same objections um, with reference to the motion in limine that had been filed prior to trial to prevent every single officer from coming in and giving their two cents as to the uh, reasonableness of the use of force. Um, I made those same objections to uh, Lieutenant Zimmerman's testimony, uh, and I just wanted the record to be clear that uh, that objection continued for that testimony as well. Uh, given their involvement with the case, Sergeant Kluger and uh, Lieutenant Zimmerman, I did allow the state to elicit, and based on their training and experience, I did allow them for the limited uh, opinion that the amount of restraint was, uh, I think, Lieutenant Zimmerman said uncalled for, but that it was not appropriate, and so I denied the defense motion to suppress those opinions. And I would just only note today, Your Honor, because we have uh, at least three officers that are coming in to testify. Um, I understand that Chief Arredondo will be testifying today, and I understand that the court is permitting that for policy and his policy decision-making for employment purposes. However, there are two other officers um, that are in the train. One is the commander, Katie Blackwell, who's in charge or oversees the training. Um, I would note that, again, she has opinions, um, as well as uh, Sergeant Ker Yang, who is in charge of the crisis intervention program. Again, now, I'm running, I'm, I'm concerned that what's going to happen is that, you know, and then we have use of force experts that are coming in. Um, so I'm, I'm concerned that the state is pigeonholing uh, expert testimony into these officers, where I think that these officers should be just allowed to testify. These are our training materials. These are our training policies. These are what we do. And I am allowing uh, the chief's testimony that the use of force was contrary to policy. Uh, Lieutenant Blackwell, uh, that opinion is uh, Inspector Blackwell, uh, I'm allowing that opinion, but why, Kerry Yang, is a crisis intervention, are we trying to get in Mr. Floyd's state of mind through the back door here? Well, Your Honor, the, the, uh, the proper testimony of, of uh, Sergeant Kerry Yang will just be regarding Minneapolis Police Department's crisis intervention training that they provide to officers. It's a 40-hour scenario-based training course in which uh, paid actors come in and uh, they go through various scenarios such that officers will be able to recognize uh, people who are emotionally uh, and behaviorally disturbed uh, and, uh, and, and to be able to understand that some people are unable to comply with commands rather than being unwilling to comply with commands. And all goes to the reasonableness of the officer and the actions that they take. So, Sergeant Yang is not offering any opinion? 
training? He's not. He's only going to be describing the training. And you have evidence that Mr. Stroman took that training? Yes, Your Honor. Mr. Nelson? into certain issues. So, Officer Chauvin, a 19-year veteran with the Minneapolis Police Department, has completed 844-some-odd hours of training. As the court is aware from our continuing education, my I go on the, the CLE and I report I attended this all-day-long seminar, but within that all-day-long seminar, there's five, six, six, seven different presentations 
think that that's ultimately what we see here is we look at Mr. Chauvin's what are called workforce director training records and it says he attended the 2020 uh, use of force phase one defensive tactics presentation. Now what does that consist of? Uh, it has been virtually impossible to reconstruct and it goes to primarily how it was originally disclosed to the defense, um, how it was disclosed from the police department to the BCA, from the BCA to the defense, and from, and then that formed the basis of my earlier motion and earlier proceedings to get a copy of that BCA drive. So when I originally received these training materials, for example, these training materials are 20 to 30,000 pages in PDF format. Can look at some PDF of a PowerPoint presentation, and it says use of force academy, you know, whatever the, the topic is. No frame of reference as to when this was given, who, you know, there's no title, there's no dates, there's no information who taught this course, who attended this course. Um, and some of that information contained very important statements on, on part of the, on the part of the Minneapolis Police Department. When I received the BCA drives much later, and I look at them in their native format, the reason I wasn't seeing the titles of these presentations or the dates of these presentations is because that's how they were saved on the drive. So it would say 2018 Phase 1 Defensive Tactics, right? So you know that this is now the training material from 2018 uh, from the Defensive Tactics where it will say 2018 crisis intervention training, you know, whatever, 2018 human factors of force training. So the dates and, and titles of these courses were given on that drive. Now again, you, you can look and you can see in his workforce director training or his workforce director program if he got credits for this eight hour day. But again, which presentations were given on that particular day, you can't, you can't, there's literally no way to, to put this together. And I don't think that the state would, uh, would disagree with that. Well, let's see if they do. Uh, Mr. Fisher, what, can you tie a specific training module to the date that Mr. Chauvin actually uh, attended? Your Honor, what we can do is first show the, uh, the workforce director training, which you know, memorializes Then what we can do is have the trainer specifically talk about the materials and curriculum that they've developed for those blocks of training. And for those days. On, on, on those days, for, right, for that, so for example, if it's going to be the um, fall in-service, there was a PowerPoint presentation that was uh, you know, developed from the curriculum from that fall in-service, and they can say that that PowerPoint training was in fact uh, presented. And these materials, they get recycled from, from year to year. And there's nothing markedly different, uh, in my view, from one to the other. They cover the same generalized concepts. And so, you know, from a foundational standpoint, I think it's pretty clear that the training, the content, uh, was imparted on, you know, in, in this particular class uh, and that the defendants attended that class. Well, it, it 
seems that a necessary foundation of what you agree would be this is the training provided on this date that the defendant's records show he attended. Even if it's embedded with eight hours of other training, I think that would make it relevant. If you have training but you cannot connect it to a training that the children were bad, it's hard to say then that you've laid the foundation for it. But it sounds like you've got the foundation. Am I correct? Yeah, I think I think it's pretty clear, Your Honor. That now, as far as the other issues Mr. Nelson's identified, that seems to be more weight. It goes to weight and you can cross-examine on it and say, this was a you know, three-slide PowerPoint in the midst of eight hours of training on other topics. And that's pure, you know, absolutely fine because it goes to the weight of the evidence uh, as opposed to its admissibility. All right, Mr. Nelson, one last comment? Yes, I guess, Your Honor, I'm not, I'm not objecting to the admissibility of this training. The question becomes, I think, and I don't think that it's as, as easy as, <laughs> as it's presented, um, it's because even some of the things that they've said that they intended to introduce, which are for, that are clearly from the academy, from the, the, the police academy, they're not from in-service records, or the, but it contains the information that may have been a part of some other training. That's the that's where we so case in point. There's a nerve. Uh, there's a PowerPoint presentation from the Minneapolis Police Academy about nerve manipulation and basically joint manipulation, nerve endings, and how to gain compliance through pressing or depressing someone's nerves. Um, it's clearly a training material from the police academy from 2017 or 2018. Officer Chauvin was not in the police academy in 2018, but ultimately it's part of their training. Now, where did that come from? You know, when was it presented to him? I don't know, uh, and I don't think it could ever, there is no other record of that type of training. So there are training materials, I think there's two levels. If the Minneapolis Police Department comes in and says, we never trained our officers to do X, right, insert X, but there are training materials that contradict that testimony, that undermine that testimony. I'm not questioning the, uh, the foundation for these records. These records exist. They all came from the Minneapolis Police Department. But whether or not I need to show that Mr. Chauvin had that specific training, I think is, is one question. Um, well, let me stop you there. It seems like there are two levels here. And I'm, perhaps I'm, I think the foundation or any of this training material is one, at one level, if it's certain training, defendant has been exposed to, he's been part of that training, so he has certain knowledge based on that training, that certainly seems admissible. If it's training that was provided by MPD, but there's no indication Mr. Chauvin took it, or, or this is not the version that he was trained on, that does not seem relevant at all. The only way I could see training that he had not which might be relevant is to impeach, for example, and, and I don't know if this is true or not. I just note that uh, Lieutenant Zimmerman said in his 40 years, roughly on Minneapolis Police Department, he had use of force training every year. He was never trained to do X. And if you have use of force training that impeaches that statement, I think that's appropriate impeachment. And But aside from that, I don't see why testimony that the defendant has not been a part of should be admissible at all. 
and that's ex that's what that was kind of the concern that I had and had raised in terms of why I thought it was important that each side identify those training materials that needed to be or were intended to be introduced because again I do I agree with the court's analysis it's, it's an impeachment question on one hand if, if uh, as you, you know, Lieutenant Zimmerman says we were never trained to put our knees on the neck but there's a Minneapolis Police Department policy that says otherwise and there's ample training materials that would contradict that statement that's impeachment of, of testimony um, and certainly should be admissible for those purposes now yeah had he not said that for example I don't think it would be admissible because again it's the this is training that the defendant wouldn't have and unless you could show he had that training it's not admissible from either side and I think that that goes to sort of some of the broad problems why I raised you can't have every single officer come right. in and say this was or wasn't a reasonable use of force because training he had may be different than the training that Zimmerman had. Right. And so we've got so far opinions from Sergeant Kruger and from Lieutenant Zimmerman on use of force. We're going to hear from the commander or the then commander of the training unit about it. Beyond that, I think we have an expert witness from the state and then expert witness from the defense. Is that correct? Uh, two, two expert witnesses from the state and the commission. All right. We're getting, we are getting to the point of asking every officer because that's cumulative, but also uh, even having two seems like it might be cumulative, but I'll, I'll deal with that later. Um, it just seems like, as we, as we said early on in the motion for me, we're not going to be able to ask every officer, what would you have done differently? Mm -hmm. We're not going to go through that. You think I've given you pretty good leeway that the sergeant who was involved in the case and the lieutenant who was involved in the case, the lieutenant who's been police officer for roughly 40 years gave his opinion. Now you're going to have the training unit and the two experts. That's it. We're, we're done with it, with asking other officers <laughs> about the use of force. Sergeant Yang, you can ask about what the training is on crisis intervention if the defendant had that training. And what I, what I, so this is where, again, I don't know if the state is intending to call any, so Inspector Blackwell, she's the kind of the top dog in the training unit, but then there are the actual use of force instructors, right? the people who teach these training trainings, and at least two of whom have been repeatedly interviewed by the state. I don't know if they're intending to call the actual trainers as well, which just puts like, you know, Commander Blackwell, she's not teaching, as far as I can tell, these classes. She's not the one administering them, but she's maintaining the records, she's maintaining the trainings. She's a foundational witness to get these records in. I would have, I would have expected the state to introduce the actual training people, but maybe that's not what they intend to do. Is the state intending on ask, asking Inspector Blackwell for an opinion regarding the use of force in this case? No, Your Honor. The, the state is going to be calling Inspector Blackwell to describe Uh, mainly go through 
the records and describe the curriculum and the facilities and the trainers, how it's staffed, and then the individual trainers will impart the, the knowledge to the various disciplines. We have, you know, Terry Yang, who we mentioned on, on crisis intervention and procedural justice training. We have uh, uh, the use of force trainer, uh, uh, probably uh, Johnny Mercil. Uh, I don't know that I need to have both Mercil and Schoonover testify uh, on the defensive tactics side of it. And then the medical training that the officers receive from uh, Officer McKenzie. Uh, and that those are our trainers. And then we'll go into uh, more of a practitioner level expert, uh, uh, Jody Steger. Uh, and then at some later time, the academic expert will testify, but not, not in the main concern, obviously, is the medical training they receive. So again, what makes your children know what it is you're training, what it is you're doing, things of that date, all relevant. When we start getting into the opinions, how many use of force opinions do we have? It's cumulative, I think, possibly already. But I think uh, as you go through each of those, it's got to be talking about training that uh, the defendant received. Not just, here's training that we had. Because if he didn't take the training, doesn't go to his uh, intent or knowledge. Uh, <coughs> understood, Your Honor. The, the, the workforce records specify what you know right. in-service training uh, the defendant has attended, and then we have the curriculum, the materials that were presented you know, during those training blocks. And crisis intervention training seems to be relevant to this case. Use of force training is relevant to this case. Medical training is, is relevant to this case. So all those summaries of the training that the defendant received according to his records and what the, the curriculum is, that's, I think, all that makes sense. I think when we start getting into opinions about use of force, I think we should visit about that before we start blurting out opinions. We've already had several, and this, I think we need to tread carefully because of whether they, their, their opinion is something that is the appropriate topic even for expert testimony because some of this stuff uh, is within the jury's knowledge and they should be able to do without an expert. So I think let's just kind of go with that for now. Honor, if I may just, uh, as to the cumulative discussion, just to, right. to add to that, you know, I, you know, for seeing uh, Mr. Nelson being an able defense attorney, I would anticipate if I were to just simply try to prove my case with experts, he would say, you know, the state hired some experts to say this was unreasonable, but what did the people who actually do the work say? Well, right? and, and so we've got two of those already. And, so. and, and, and that's the reason. And just, uh, you know, I need to cover the appropriateness of the use of force really from, from every angle to give the full picture of the reasonable officer. I understand at some point uh, enough is enough. Well, let me, let, me, let me be a little more clear. I think you have the right to somebody who's actually done the defensive tactics, use of force training, whatever to give their opinion about this case. But not everybody, not every trainer. You can take one who's done the training, knows the curriculum, that, that, that Mr. Chauvin actually participated in it, say, and give an opinion there. And I think then, then we're done with the MPD people who can give an opinion. <laughs> Regarding defensive tactics and use of force. So, does that make a little more sense? It does, Your Honor. That, that was, I think that was my plan. Okay, good. <laughs>
Well, it's good to have a plan that's consistent with the court's ruling. And, and, uh, and, and I guess the court will let me know if, if you feel I've, I've uh, Yeah, let's just go sidebar if we have to with the yes. rest of all this. Because, as you know, everything is fluid. So. All right, we'll get to Jerry's. 